What is going on, New York Giants fans? It is our bye week. Interesting week, folks. Welcome to Big Blue Avenue. I'm Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Sam Cardona, the girl who talks sports. And quick reminder, folks, a little tag for our social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Big Blue Avenue. We appreciate everybody here. Sam, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. You know, two-game win streak, feeling pretty good. Um, Tommy DeVito era that we're in right now, I, I'm I'm pretty happy. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. That Italian hand gesture that I still can't quite figure out, but I, I do enjoy seeing it. We'll, I'm sure we'll chat about that later. But, um, folks, we have a guest coming on shortly. But first, uh, if you're new to the show and you want to know how it works, if you have any comments for us, feel free to drop them in the comment section. We'd be happy to get to them, interact with you. Make sure to leave a like on this video, not just because we like like, but it helps with the algorithm, helps spread the show around a little bit more, how YouTube and Facebook seem to work these days. And without further ado, let's bring up our guest for the evening. Very excited to introduce her, the podcast producer at Metal Arc Media and producer of the Underdogs on the DraftKings Network. Sarah McRory joins the show. Sarah, welcome. How are you doing? Hey, guys. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm so excited. I know. I like told Sam, like, I feel like we're destined to be friends. We like have all the same interests and I'm just like dying for another female Giants fan, Swifty. We, I'm so excited to talk to you guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Nice to meet you. Um, yes, Sam. And uh, with the big uh, get tonight, thank you, Sarah, for joining us. Before we kind of dive into the meat of the show, where can people find you and your content, your your work? Yeah, so right now I'm producing a show called Underdogs at Metal Arc Media. Um, you can listen to us on the DraftKings Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, it's hosted by Jordan Brenner and Peter Keating, and it's kind of... Two guys that crunch numbers, figure out why long shots happen, why upsets happen in sports. It's really fun. Sometimes I join them on the show. Um, but it's kind of if you're new to betting, if you're a betting genius, it's a really fun show. Um, and yeah, you can also follow me on Twitter at Sarah with two H's McCrory. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for that intro. Sam, let's get into it. It'll start with you here. We have a lot to talk about on this bye week, and I think we're going to bounce around here and obviously 10-7 win over the Patriots. Two-game win streak. Giants are now 4-8 and eight on the year, and we've hit our bye week. Um, let's kind of talk about an evaluation on this team. Unfortunately, it seems like this season has been riddled with injuries in 2023, an injury-riddled season and it's been really really tough to watch yeah it's just it's been rough I mean especially this offseason predicting that we were going to win 10 games like no problem and we're sitting here at four and eight um but nonetheless I feel like we and I've said this in the past this team for some reason always does so well when we're like decrepit like when we're just like the lowest point we can possibly go it's like you can't get any lower so it has to go up but they always seem to do well with like 
this ragtag type of team, like bringing in backups and things like that. Obviously, you know, we're going to talk about Tommy DeVito, but like his energy on the field and bringing, you know, this Jersey energy to the other players and everything like that. Um, But yeah, I honestly, our defense has looked great. First of all, like they have just been doing an excellent job so far. The turnovers, the pick sixes. um, I think it's hilarious that, we uh Tom, we talked about it on Sunday that they were saying that um Wink Martindale and Brian Dable were like kind of in this argument. And then Dable came out and was just like, the ar- most argument we have is over the last piece of pizza. And I was like, that's you know, you can't argue with that. So, you know, our defense is doing really well and our offense is working with what we got and it's kind of the best we can do right now. And honestly, I'm kind of loving it. They're, you know, they're they're doing what they gotta do and it's it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, if that is any consolation. Sarah, I want to hear from you. What's your overall take on this season and kind of the, I don't want to call it a fake story, I mean, opinion-based, I guess you would say, about Wink and Dable possibly butting heads. Do you think there's any truth to that or not really? Um, yeah, first, I think my feelings on the season, that's a loaded question. And I just need to preface this by saying outside of, you know, what we do in sports media, I am a toxically positive sports fan. I'm a toxically positive Giants fan. So like, I'm one of those people, like we still could get that wild card spot. That's how I feel. Um, But, you know, it's been a bad start. And had the Giants had an easier beginning of the schedule had a few of those games fallen had these wins fallen towards the beginning of the season we the conversation around the Giants would be completely different um and of course injuries I mean the offensive line like we could go on for hours I'm sure you guys have covered this a million times this season but it's been an extreme twist of horrible unfortunate fate um I think that by the time Daniel Jones went down with that ACL we were all like this is worse than we could have ever imagined. (laughs) Um, So I'm kind of at this place where I think once he went down with that ACL was when, you know, I was heartbroken. And that was when I was like, all right, this kind of is whatever. And now because I have less of a stake in it, I feel this DeVito, this kind of resurgence of this whole storyline is very exciting and it's fun. And it feels like the pressure is a little bit off at least I feel the fans um, because I'm also not a tanking fan, but we can get into that. (laughs) Um, And then as far as the Brian Dayball, Wink Martindale beef, so you could say, I think 100% where there's smoke, there's fire. I think it's pretty obvious these two guys don't like each other. I think it's pretty obvious that they behave completely differently. I mean, you have one that throws tablets and one that stays almost too composed. Um, They clearly have different philosophies. I'm not saying one is better than the other um, because I actually kind of like the hothead coach um, to a point. But um, yeah, I think where there's smoke, there's fire. I think, you know, we all have coworkers we don't like. And I think it's something like that. I don't know the extent of it. I don't know if it's really as true as Jay Glazer says. I mean, he's usually pretty right. So if he thinks that they maybe couldn't even stick out the whole season together, it leads me to believe it's a little worse than we thought. And I think Dayball saying the stuff like we got donuts or we, we fight over pizza. I think that's just him trying to save face in the media and say like, you know, guys, it's fine. Giving him the game ball, stuff like that. Um, is just him trying to get ahead of the media storm with it. But, um, 
hopefully they can work it out because I would love for both of them to stick around for next season. Yeah. Love we are Sam, also an anti-tanking podcast. Thank so God. We've, we've had I this knew you were going to be my people. <laughs> <laughs> we, are, we are Daniel Dorn supporters and we are anti-tank. So there we go. Yes. I found my place. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm a huge Jones supporter as, as well. Um, probably I'd say in 2021, Sam, I think you might've been a little more down on him than I was at that point. No. Um, I think we were trying just, to remember we were struggling a bit, but we I don't really think I ever fell off. I think I was just like, I just want to win games and he's just making it really hard to do this. But I don't, I can't say that I ever actually fell off. Right. And now speaking of quarterbacks, Tommy DeVito, the Paisan um, from North Jersey, you know, the Don Bosco product. I looked that up, the Italian hand gesture, because I don't know what it is, where it comes from. Apparently, <laughs> it's a finger purse, also known as an Italian mano a borsa. Okay. So with all his, of his teammates doing it now, it seems like everyone has bought into this guy. He's played well. I mean, we know he was a game manager at Illinois. He managed the games really well, but he's proven that he could take shots down the field. You know, he plays behind an offensive line that's improving, but it's still not good. Sarah, let's start with you. Should DeVito be the starter for the final five regular season games? I've, I knew we were going to talk about this, and I was thinking about this earlier, and I – I don't know. Like, I think that there is such an argument, um, you know, if Tyrod's healthy and he's ready to go, um, you know, he's got a veteran presence. He's obviously comparing the two. He's a better quarterback. He has the experience. He makes really good decisions. Um, but there's something about this team and I think it can't go unnoticed. And anyone who works in sports, anyone who's an athlete knows how important this kind of like culture around him and that the the team is bought in on him. And he has kind of ignited this kind of resurgence in this team. And I think that that just can't go unnoticed. And he has this confidence and this kind of swag about him. And I don't know to answer your question. I don't know. There's a really a solid argument for both of them. And I think like if I was, you know, if I had to make the decision right now, I'd probably roll with DeVito, at least give him another game or two to see kind of um, if this is just lightning in a bottle or if he can kind of keep up making accurate throws and and kind of um, making good decisions. Definitely. I think that the one thing about Tommy DeVito is that he is not like a product of what John Mara wants as like the face of the Giants. So it's very different than Eli Manning, than than Daniel Jones, you know, like he is this more, you know, outspoken kind of guy, this, you know, with the Italian personality and all that kind of stuff. Like we we haven't had something like that on this team, at least not for a very, very, very long time. And you can see like his energy is rubbing off on other players. Like you have Saquon Barkley running around screaming like Jersey. And you're just like, <laughs> we're born in the Bronx. Like, how Like, how do you have Saquon Barkley running around screaming Jersey? So I just feel like I agree with what Sarah said. Like, Tyrod, Tyrod's been so substantial for us, and he's done a lot for us. But he's also just been riddled with injuries. Like, I don't want him to come back and be, you know, half of a quarterback because he's still dealing with a rib injury or so on and so forth. I just – if Tommy DeVito is rolling with it, like – if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of deal. You know, it's, it's, it's working right now. 
you know, we're going to be going up against the Packers, which I think is a semi-winnable game here with enough confidence and enough, you know, momentum with what's going on, especially after a bye week, um, prime time, like who knows, maybe Tommy DeVito thrives in the, under the lights. But um, I love the hand gestures as as someone who's, I'm not from North Jersey, but as someone from Staten Island, this is this is something that I've done my entire life. <laughs> I, I literally had a whole conversation with my father and he can vouch for me where we were like talking at each other and we were both going like this and we didn't even realize we were both doing it. So the hand thing is great. I love the confidence. I love Tommy DeVito Sr. in the in the crowd, just, you know, getting everybody riled up. It's a little bit different than what we've had this entire time. So I'm I'm rolling with it and I'm excited to see them in prime time and how that whole thing kind of plays out. I mean, this guy has children Sam, lining up outside of a deli. Like <laughs> to Literally. meet him for hours. He's shaking hands, he's kissing babies. Like I would say, I just I think I'm leaning now as we're talking about it. Like if the if he's got the locker room, just keep it there, you know? That's what just, I mean. At least yeah. for another game. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm with it. So here's my take on this. Might be a little different, but I do agree. DeVito should be the starter. He's not better than Tyrod Taylor. That's not what I'm trying to say. I don't think that's what any of us are trying to say. Taylor's not under contract after this season. You want to find out the future of this team. Joe Shane wants to build years forward. These final five games, you find out if Tommy DeVito is your backup quarterback heading into next season in 2024. I think that's what you're trying to get out of these final five games. So I'm with you. I'm on the DeVito train for now. Um, big supporter of his, big supporter of DJ Tyrod as well, but we know Tyrod likely won't be back in 2024. Way too expensive of a quarterback contract to keep. But we know a quarterback who will be back in 2024, and that is Daniel Jones. In what capacity? I'm not so sure yet. But, Sarah, do the Giants see him as the long-term answer? Or is the writing on the wall? Are they drafting a quarterback? Maybe not a 2024 replacement, but an eventual replacement for this guy. Oh, man. I don't even think the Giants know if he's their starter going forward. (laughs) Um, Look, we just talked about we're all Daniel Jones supporters. One of my fantasy teams is called the Daniel Jones Fan Club. It was a really tough day for the Daniel Jones Fan Club when we had to drop Daniel Jones. Um, (laughs) But I think... He, he's proven the talent to me. Um, this injury is not his fault. And ACL is brutal. I've talked to so many athletes that have, you know, rehabbed ACLs. And it's it's not, okay, you're ready for game one. You're back to where you were. ACLs really take almost a full other season after you're back to really get back to that prime. We saw it with Saquon the year he was back. Wasn't really there. The next year, that's when you can really cut on that knee. So, God, it's hard. I think as much as it pains me, I think they need to take a quarterback or they need to trade for someone. I don't know um, what that kind of looks like, but they need to have a viable starter that is not Daniel Jones, I think. Adam says, who cares about DeVito? It's very sad that the question is about a backup and Daniel Jones will be out for 12 months uh respect the opinion i i do i i, I really do um disagree with you adam though i, I mean 
DeVito might have a role on this team in the future. I mean, he has a role right now. Um, just beat Bill Belichick. No one drafted rookie quarterback has ever done that. There you go. I mean, don't get me wrong. New England is not New England of the past, Sam, but I think that is something that should be said. I, I also just want to. I also just want to point out that like having a solid backup quarterback um, is something that we really do need to look forward to because if you look at someone like Gardner Minshew, which yes, to be fair, he did have a starting position at one point in his life, but over the years he has been a backup quarterback and the Colts are kind of, they're kind of rolling right now. Like, you know, Anthony Richardson goes down and he comes in and like, he's a very, very good backup quarterback. I mean, Nick Foles freaking won the Super Bowl. Like when you have a good backup quarterback, that is the best plan to have for when things like an ACL tear happen. So I think that it is a conversation to be having because that's what we're dealing with right now. Cole G, keep rolling with the veto. That's right. Why why mess it up? Why why exactly. mess it up? Exactly. Um, which kind of leads us into that this whole discussion about what he has around him, right? His offensive line. I mean, for me, Sarah, I mean, Sam knows me for years now. The issue with me with Jones is not his play. It's his health. It's his injuries. Jones can play. I mean, last year, maybe I went a little overboard saying he was the 10th best QB in the league. But (laughs) look, he's proven that he's really, really good uh, when healthy. This season, that has not been the case. Um, You know, he doesn't get past his first progression a lot, especially under pressure. The offensive line still gives up a bunch of sacks. Yes, they've shown signs of improvement over the last couple of weeks, but um, what do you think of the offensive line? Do you think that there are pieces here that might be around long-term or are there guys on this line that you're like, I'm just not, obviously Pew is back. Lewinsky has been in and out of the lineup. Evan Neal, the question is mainly Evan Neal. That's what I'm looking for here. Cause Sam and I are not yeah. really too high. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to be high on Evan Neal, but I also think that I'm still at this point um, as a Giants fan where I trust Joe Shane and I do trust Brian Dayball. And, you know, Shane said in his presser, he believes that Evan Neal can get back or he can get to where he needs to be. So I think where this team is at and how young they are and kind of where they're at right now, um, I think it's worth it to give him another year. I also think... You know, going back to the Daniel Jones thing, it was absolutely not Daniel Jones' play. And it's one of those things where it's impossible to even evaluate a quarterback when they're playing in front of an offensive line that is this bad. Um, And even though Daniel Jones this season was making some pretty bad decisions and was not playing at his the highest level he could and was not playing the way he was last season, a lot of that is due to the offensive line. It's kind of like a chicken or the egg situation. I know even Peyton Manning said that game where Daniel Jones got sacked 11 times. Of course, you're going to make terrible decisions when you're getting sacked 11 times. Like there's just no way that you are playing at the highest level that you possibly can. Um, and I don't think that there's a quarterback in the NFL that could play behind that offensive line, at least at that point in the season. I think last week they showed improvements. Um, you know, DeVito takes some sacks that I don't like, but <laughs> I think the line held up a little bit. 
better than they were, but it's awful. Sam. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, we've talked about it so many times, Tom, like the offensive line (laughs) is just falling apart and with the injuries and with, you know, Evan Neal, who's not improving, like it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough out there. And I think Sarah just said it best, you know, like we're just dealing, you know, you don't want to see your quarterback get sacked 11 times. You don't want to see your quarterback get sacked. But how many times he gets sacked last week, nine times like DeVito. So like, you know, you don't want to see it, but I'm surprised with the way DeVito is used. Like he's like almost like coming back from it a little bit more than Daniel Jones is like Daniel Jones. It's, it's also different body types. Like DeVito is much shorter you know, Daniel Jones is like a big old green bean. So, you know, he, he kind of just like falls over and you're just like, you know, oh, my God, like he can break every bone in his body. But um, overall, it's like, yeah, it's it's a major concern for us. I mean, we have a lot of major concerns, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But I think that we're seeing this right now with Joe Burrow, who they didn't draft an offensive lineman. And they drafted Jamar Chase. And yes, they have an incredible connection. They made it to a Super Bowl. They almost won. But now Burrow is hurt again. And he's like, that that offensive line just still doesn't look good. So it's like, when you have those guys up front and your quarterback is protected, bad, mediocre, or excellent quarterback, they're going to play a lot better when they have more time with the ball. So I think that offensive line is definitely one of our first priorities in the draft in April. It has to be the priority. Like, there is no point in drafting a quarterback, even if we forget Daniel Jones exists. There is absolutely no point in drafting a quarterback if they're going to get sacked 11 times. Like, there, it's just that is like the number one priority. And how long have we been saying this? Like, it's been like, what, 10 years? <laughs> so, yeah, that n- everything nothing will work if you don't have an offensive line. And I don't care. People can talk about Houston, they can talk about all these like different things where a quarterback can help an offensive line sure but you need you need to get some guys in there that can help no it's literally like having very expensive china and no cabinet to put them in like they're gonna get broken <laughs> just the way exactly <laughs> i mean we know a at is playing through an injury this year so his play hasn't been up to par as far as like top three top five tackle level john michael schmitz i thought had his best game yet this past weekend um, as an NFL center, Justin Pugh at left guard, not a long-term answer, but maybe he'll come back as a backup next year. Ben Bredesen is on a contract year. Um, he's an average NFL guard, might be worth keeping on a cheap deal. Mark Lewinsky, there's an out. But then Evan Neal, I, I, I'm really convinced that Shane said what he said in his press conference so that Evan Neal keeps confidence in himself for the remainder of the year. He can come back if he gets back healthy and can play out right tackle. If there's a transition to guard, it'll happen in the off season. I don't, it it won't happen in season. It just won't. I mean, that's the reality of it. He struggled, but the talent is there. There's so much raw talent, but what I'm seeing these boneheaded plays of him blocking his own players or Marcus McKeithen turn the other way around, looking at Saquon, it's like, how much confidence are you supposed to have in any quarterback? And it's not just the O-line, it's the trenches itself. I mean, I was so high on Aziz Ojolari, Sarah, and coming out of the draft. He's been the biggest disappointment on the defense this season. 
he's been really bad. I mean, he's always hurt. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ojolari? I, I just I don't know what to say about him anymore. Did we lose you, Sarah? Oh, might be on mute. My mic got unplugged. Sorry. There, there you go. All good. Sorry. I'm lagging out as well. But uh, We can hear you. No, I heard you. Um, okay. I think I'm Editing's back. a great Sorry. thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, why we do that. Yeah. To answer your question, like, it's kind of like what we're saying about Daniel Jones, where it's like, regardless of talent, I can't stand continuous injuries and guys that just can't stay healthy. And I feel like this brings up a bigger conversation that we could have later, but like at what point are all these injuries, you know, of course you can't, you can't prevent an ACL tear, that kind of thing. What, at what point is the Giants organization held liable for all of these injuries or some of them, you know? So I don't know. That's kind of where I, I feel like I'm stuck with a lot of players. And someone just said Aziz in Jalari, which is exactly right. (laughs) We've constantly talked about the turf, the artificial grass, all the crap that's going on there too. But we can't blame all of it on that. You know, there is some other aspects there because there are so many. Yeah. Sam, what do you think about that with Ojolari obviously trading Leonard Williams this year I mean going into the bye week we're starting to see more out of players like DJ Davidson Jordan Riley guys who are drafted mid to late rounds and it's looking like Joe Shane is doing a real fine job drafting players Sarah mentioned it earlier Joe Shane has done a lot to help our trust um, in him even through a bad season I mean the Bills the second year of that regime with being McDermott, when Dable was OC and Shane was assistant GM, they went six and ten. They went mm-hmm. six and ten a year after making the playoffs. So hitting mm-hmm. on these mid-round picks like a like a Micah McFadden, um, we're finally starting to see more out of Jalen Hyatt. Just I don't know, just what do you think of Joe Shane and what he's done? Because personally, I think everything he said in his presser was on point. I don't think there was a single thing that I was like, huh. Yeah. This guy's weird. Did <laughs> that's, not think that at all. That's interesting, though, that the year after they made the playoffs, they went 6-10 and 10 because it's very, very possible that that's what our record ends up being at six the end of the 11, season. Yeah. And they're, th- you know, after that, you know, obviously they made a huge run in the playoffs. Obviously not a Super Bowl appearance, but they did it. And, you know, that's hopeful that next year is going to be a little bit better. You know, we don't have – that Bills team, but they can build this offseason. They can draft. But no, Joe Shane, you know, we said it when we were talking about them being on the hot seat. Like, Joe Shane is not on the hot seat. It was Brian Dable who was, whose seat was getting warm because Joe Shane is doing his job and he's doing what he needs to do, but he's doing everything correctly. Um, we might not see the immediate results from it, like, tomorrow, but like you said, as time is going on, like, we're seeing it unfold, so... I can't see, you know, Joe Shane, you know, doing anything specifically wrong that's going to hurt us immensely. I I feel like we've only been doing well apart from all of the injuries. 
What about you, Sarah? What are your thoughts on Joe Shane? Because obviously Gettleman got four years and he was bad. Joe Shane has done everything right. I think he should get at least four years himself. I mean, I think he's doing a fine job right now, personally. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, like I said earlier, I think for now I trust him. And I just, I kind of think similarly with Dayball, I just don't think it makes sense to like continuously rinse and repeat the same exact thing and bring in new people at some point you need to you know say we're in a rebuild and actually stick to it um and I think that's where fans kind of get lost because the Giants did overperform last year so I think people forget that we're a long ways away from being the team that people want them to be um and I think Joe Shane is um doing that and I think he also holds himself accountable um, in that presser, he he talked about things that he could have done better. Talked about things he could have drafted better. Um, so I think I, I'm I'm rolling with him for now. <laughs> Sarah, we we know you're on a time crunch, but before we let you go, who has been the most impressive rookie so far this season? And do you have any like record, maybe predictions? You know, Saquon McKinney, two guys on you know, contract years, how they'll perform in the second half of the season? Those are tough questions. (laughs) Um, Besides what we said about DeVito, I'm not going to go with DeVito, but I think, you know, the standout Mm -hmm. from last week is obviously Jalen Hyatt. I think it took him a minute to get going, but he had his first 100-yard game. I think that, like, this is why you can't be a taking fan right now because these games are so important to these young guys. This is so important that people like DeVito, Jalen Hyatt, that they are going out there and playing hard and we get to see, they get experience. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy that he had that game that he had last week. Um, and then the second part of your question was... Guys that... And honestly, record. <laughs> Saquon, because we Saquon, talk about, you know, Xavier McKinney, right. Um, guys who won't be tanking. No one's tanking on this team. Um, <laughs> I, I just like when it comes to Saquon Barkley, I think that it cannot be overstated the impact that Saquon Barkley has on this team. Like Saquon is the captain. You can tell the games when he's out, it is a different vibe. He carries this team even when he has no yards. He's carrying this team on his back. And I think that the Giants have to make it work with him. Um, and then as far as record, I can't even begin to predict record. Of course, I want them to just win out, possibly. You know, the Eagles will sit their starters by the time we play them. And the Giants will make a wild card spot. I don't know. Um, I can't even begin to predict a record with this season. Well, Green Bay, New Orleans, Philly, Eagles, Rams, Rams Eagles. Eagles. So yeah. that's what it is. And. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Quickly, if you have a couple seconds, can you just plug yourself one more time? And we'll make sure to include your links in the description and everything so that people can go find you and check you out. Yeah, cool. Well, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Sarah H. McCrory, M-C-C-R-O-R-Y. And then same thing on Instagram, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, I'm not usually in front of the mic like this. I'm very much a behind the scenes person pulling all the strings on podcasts. Um, I've produced tons of podcasts, New York Post, um, Religion of Sports. I'm currently at Metal Arc Media doing some shows with DraftKings, um, specifically underdogs. If you like to you know, have high risk, high reward, 
bets. You come listen to us. Sometimes I join them on air. I did unfortunately take the Packers this week, um, at least to cover because, um, they've been playing pretty well. So, um, yeah, that's where you can, you can listen and catch up with me. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Sarah. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks thanks for having me. Thanks guys. Have a good one, Sarah. Take care. You too. Bye. All right, Sam, that was Sarah McCrory, um, podcast producer, Metal Arc Media, and producer of the Underdogs on the DraftKings Network. Um, I know, Sam, I, I'm going to raise my hand. I just want to – I don't do this often, but I'm just going to toot my own horn for a minute. I hit a parlay this weekend. It was – I think it was like $10 for 198 it was five leg. It was college football, though. It was not. It was not NFL. It was not NFL. Okay. And then I got a little. I, I got a little risky. I threw in another five, and I put in an, an NFL one. And I'll don't think I saved that one, but I, it was six legs as well. The first five hit. The last leg was Eagles money line, and they're down to the Bills. Oh boy! Late in the fourth quarter, I cash out. Because Hertz is getting sacked. He, you know, he's making bad throws. He doesn't have time. And then what was it? Fourth and ten, something yep. like that. They convert yep. fourth down and then they win the game. Yep. So that would have been that would have been another two hundred fifty dollar day that I cashed out on. Dang, so, Tom, look at you go. That cost myself a hundred fifty additional that I could have gotten. I didn't lose. I did not lose any, but just want to toot my so own. What was your sheet. total? What was your total cash out for the weekend? Let's see. College football was. I feel like I just turned this into a sports betting show. That's okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. One seventy on that one, and then the one ninety eight. So, yeah, it was a it, it was a good weekend. <laughs> it was a really good weekend between three fifty and four. Uh, it was a really good weekend, which never. Maybe I should get into sports betting. I've never, sp- I've never placed one single sports bet in my life. You should. <laughs> I, would, I, I wouldn't. It, it's something five to ten dollars a week. That's all that I do. I don't go crazy on it. Some of these people online, hundred dollars a day. That not for me at all. But I like to say I'm smart with it. Back to this. The Meadowlands turf is an issue. You're 100% right, Adam. I hate to say it. Look at the home and the away team injury rate and compare it to other fields. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Thank you, Mr. Rothschild. I mean, Appreciate that. Aaron Rodgers right now. Trying to come back. Great yeah. guest. Thank you, Steve. All the way from Arizona. Appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Hope you and uh, hope all our fans had a happy Thanksgiving, by the way. Yeah. But, Sam, now that Sarah's off, I want to talk to you about the Patriots game. I just want your initial thoughts. First home win against New England since 1987. (laughs) There is a picture of Joe Judge standing at the 50-yard line, and I'm mad that I did not upload it to the stream. I can try to do it now. but Wait, I didn't see it, though. I want to see it. I'm going to try to upload it. here to my computer so that we could watch it but what was your reaction to winning this on day so to beat Belichick 
Yeah, I mean, I was I was pretty excited. Um, I knew that this was a game that we could win um, because yeah. of how poorly the – oh, wait. Oh, yeah, show me. I want to see it. <laughs> was this after the game or before the game? Before the game, when the special teams players were out there. Mm. Oh, By the way, he's pretty close with Dable. Did not know that. Him and Dable are pretty good right. buddies. So hmm. there you go. That's but, uh, that's our no judge of the evening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I was excited to see the energy going through this game. Like I said, you know, we've been talking about Tommy DeVito bringing it back up into you know, this team kind of breathing some life into it in terms of just like having fun and confidence and things like that. Um, Obviously it was very helpful that their quarterback situation in new England is absolute garbage. Um, The fact that Mac Jones has been benched, like I think almost every week for the past, like three or four weeks. Like it's just, it's really bad. It's really, really, really bad. And you know, it, it felt good to like not be the worst team. It felt really good to like be watching a game where like we didn't look as bad as the other team. Like it, we we looked like a like a pretty good football team and like I said the defense has just been doing their job. Like I am every single time we switch the ball and the defense is on the field, I'm still equally as excited to see them on the field as I am for the offense because like I know that our defense can score points. I know that our defense can get the stops. So especially going up against a very vulnerable team like the, the Patriots, I was I was kind of enjoying myself for once. You know, it was like I, I just spent the last two weekends seeing the Giants win. Now I have a bye. It's like almost a whole month of like not freaking out over the Giants. It's like my stress levels are are lowering somehow. I didn't even realize that that was possible. Yeah, and Jabril Peppers recovered a fumble in this game too. I knew Davido. Yeah struggled early he didn't have the cleanest game he did lose a fumble on that jet sweep attempt to Wandale but um there there's just so much riding with this game the veto had over 100 people in attendance he's now only one of nine quarterbacks since the merger to have thrown six or more touchdown passes in his first three starts in their first NFL season he's the third undrafted free agent QB to do this the other two UDFA QBs, Sam, mm-hmm. Case Keenum and Todd Bauman. Huh. Pretty interesting. Um, I saw – wait, where did it go? I think I saw it on Twitter. Um, oh, yeah. Highest passer rating among rookies this season with a minimum of 50 attempts. CJ Stroud is number one with a 100.8, and Tommy DeVito is number two with 92.4. Wow. Among rookies rookies and then it's will levis and then anthony richardson so like will levis and that's in three games three or four games three three starts yep because the three starts four games that he was played in the jets game he threw one pass so just he looked like it's it's nice to see it is. And, 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 and look, if you're for tanking, I get it. We've had guests on the show in previous weeks who are for tanking. This is why you don't tank. Tommy DeVito has to put food on the table for himself and his family. I get it. He lives in a good neighborhood in Jersey. Fine. 
I'm not trying to single out Tommy DeVito here, but this is the most relatable example. He earned himself a three-year rookie contract the week that he got um, signed to the active He did that well since the beginning of rookie minicamp, the offseason, when he was signed as a UDFA. There was a report that came out today, Sam. I don't know if you saw it. The commanders wanted to sign him for more money. I did. And he turned that. it down to go to the Giants. Which I love. I love that. Like, you know, like uh, those these local players, a lot of times that stick with like their hometown team. And, you know, literally this man lives at home with his parents. Like that's it doesn't get any more local than that. Yeah. Um, I saw that with the commanders and I was like, that's like a real Giants fan. Like he was like, I can't go to a division rival. I don't care how much money you're going to pay me. I'm sticking with my hometown team. So I really appreciate that. And it just goes to show again, like that, you know, energy and that like excitedness about a player on this team is not something that we've had these past couple of years. Yes. Um, and it's great to see somebody with a winning mentality as well. Um, another thing, too, this defense is too good to be picking top five in the draft. This defense is really, really good. I mean, their two quarterbacks were incompetent on Sunday, particularly Mac Jones. I mean, the defense forced a bunch of turnovers. Bobby O'Karake is the best defender on the team this year, an awesome free agent pickup by Joe Shane, another reason why. He should be the GM for a long time, at least for the next five-plus years, in my opinion. Uh, Micah McFadden is a tough dude. This guy, um, it's, uh... I don't know, you saw the arm brace on him, mm-hmm. Sam? That was gutsy. That was gutsy. And then I saw him walking off the field at one point during that game, too, and I was like, oh, no, like, is it is it really, really bad? And then, like, yeah. the next drive I saw him on the field, and I was like, oh, okay. So – you're right. Gutsy is the right word. Pinnock, awesome under the radar guy. Uh, Jahad Ward remembered that he's an NFL player finally and showed up. Um, hottie. Thibodeau, hottie. Hottie had a game, one and a half sacks, five tackles, two QB hits. How about Banks? Sam, you were texting me early on. Banks in coverage was elite. Uh, three yeah. catches for 29 yards allowed, had one pick on seven targets. Yeah, he's been no, incredible. He, he was um, definitely like early in the game. I was thinking that we might have him be our player of the week this week. Um, he's definitely definitely an honorable mention. But yeah, I was literally every time I saw Deontay Banks in the field, I was like, holy moly, he is having himself a game. And he's been having games for mm-hmm. for, for weeks now. So and like we're a young team, you know, there's a lot of rookies on this team. So, so to see this momentum of playing well. And improving, apart from Evan Neal, um, every week, it's like very promising to see, you know, like Jalen Hyatt doing well, Deontay Banks doing well. Like that's great to see because sophomore year, they're going to be doing even better, hopefully, you know, you'd think. So I'm, uh, I'm very excited for what's to come in these next couple of weeks. And um, Eric Gray is back healthy, activated off IR, can see if right. he can do anything. Joe Shane admitted that it was a mistake to put him back as punt returner, kick returner, whatever it was, but they made up for it. They got Gunnar Olszewski, who has been above average, I think. He's not a home run hitter, but he's above average, and that's all you could ask. Um, 
But back to the secondary. Secondary's been great all year. I know Adoree's been in and out of the lineup, but Banks has stepped up. McKinney and Pinnock have been great. And our player of the week also falls in the secondary, Sam. Mm -hmm. This week, we went with X, and X is going to give it to you. (laughs) Why did we pick McKinney, Sam? So... Xavier McKinney, 10 tackles, two pass deflected, an interception, his first interception since 2021. So two years it's been since we've seen him intercept the ball. He's recorded 10-plus tackles each of the last four games. Um, And the Patriots' tight end had zero receptions, which is incredibly, incredibly great for us, figuring for years we couldn't figure out how to cover tight ends. Um, So that included Hunter Henry and Mike Gusecki. Two very good tight ends, you know, and they're not just some schmucks. Um, And in 2023, he's had 86 tackles, a forced fumble, a forced, I can't remember what FR stands for, but. Recovery, yep. Recovery. I was going to say, oh, I was going to say recovery. Anyway, an interception and eight pass deflected. So pretty good to see him back in the mix again. Yeah. um, Part of my code writing, folks. Sam, great uh, job as normally always. Normally, I'm very good with reading your codes, but I the, the the R threw me off. Yeah, I also I also called Sarah Monica tonight earlier in the show. I don't <laughs> so uh, no, not in the show, pre-show. So I've been a little off today myself. Sorry. But to Sam's point, the real reason why I wanted to pick McKinney was not just because of the pick. Jasicki and Henry were held catchless, and they're both healthy. Those are the two leading weapons on New England's offense without Kendrick Bourne. I mean, when you have a bad quarterback or an underachieving quarterback, the best friend is the tight end because the quarterback is incapable of getting the ball down the field. You look for your security blanket. Henry was nowhere to be found, you know, thanks to Bobby O, but X was there. X was there too. I mean, their target share was normal. Henry had at least four or five targets and then, Jasicki had a couple, but I was really impressed with McKinney, Okereke, McFadden, you you name it, defending those passes. Um, all right, so folks, we have one segment left for you this evening for our bi-week special. Sam, let's put on our general manager hats. I know you have one on already. Um, I'll state a random player's name who is on a contract here. And we'll say if that player should be back on the team in 2024. We'll call this buy or sell. We did this segment two years ago with a guest. that might have been Craig from Giants Rush. Um, but let's get to it, Sam. The first player, and I'll, I'll give an answer as well. The first player is Saquon. Do you think he'll be back in 2024? And under what circumstances, as far as a tag, a new contract, what might it be? Um, I'm going to say, yes, we're going to get a contract done. Um, Joe Shane has proven that he is very, very good with maneuvering money and putting together contracts that work very, very well with our cap. Um, we saw it this past year with Daniel Jones. And I think tagging Saquon was just to say, like, hey, like, don't worry. It's coming, you know. And Saquon has always said how he wants to be a giant for life. So I feel like it'd have to be a lot of stuff. You know, you know, they really under, you know, 
undersell him for him to consider leaving this team. So I'd like to say I'll be on the positive side of this year that, yes, we will get a deal done. And, yes, Saquon Barkley will play for us next year. Okay. Um, I do agree. I don't want to agree. I don't think we should pay him. But to be honest, he is the franchise. The franchise is revolved around him. And Jones and Barkley are, like, inseparable. Um, I truthfully don't think Mara is going to get involved with this one. I know there's a couple players that people speculate Mara is going to have a say. And those two players on offense are Jones and Barkley. Let's be real, right? I mean, they epitomize what a New York Giant should be. Um, so I think Barkley will be back. I think Shane won't budge too much from that $12 million number. And Barkley might just have to take it. He really might. Because you're not paying any wide receivers in the offseason. You're not paying any offensive linemen in the offseason, most likely. Maybe you bring in a guard or you bring, bring back Bredesen. Who knows? Who do you have to re-sign? If it's between Barkley and McKinney, It'll 100% be Barkley. You cannot pay both Barkley and McKinney this offseason, in my opinion. Um, I mean, you have Pinnock, you have Belton. Not saying I don't think X is going to be back, but if you're going to pay one guy, it's probably going to be Saquon. But it yeah. can't be anything too big. You can't go more than $12 million. So I do think it'll he'll be back in that $12 million range, and it'll be a healthy three-year contract for Saquon. Yep. All right. Next up is X. They declined his fifth-year option. Usually that's not good for an impending free agent. What do you think on this one? Um, I think you what you were mentioning before about how if you're going to pay one, you have to pay Saquon. I would agree with that a hundred times over. Um, so I do think I don't, see a Xavier McKinney sticking around just because you know he wants to stay on this team I, I have a feeling he'll go and try to find a team that's going to pay him and where he'll get playing time and we have a lot of depth in his position so I don't think he's going to be back if McKinney comes back it's on the franchise tag right and to be honest Sam I think Shane might just use it on him I do um, and here's here's why he won't use it on Barkley again. I, I, you have to pay Barkley this offseason or let him walk. It has to be one or the other. I'm thinking who else is worthy of the franchise tag? I don't know if anyone is, but the only problem is you're spending all this money on a safety that will go against the cap. So I'm leaning no, but I do think it's 50 50 for me. If I had to pick a side, I'm going to say. McKinney won't be back. But if he is back, it'll be, it'll be on that tag. Yeah, I agree. All right, so we got eight more. Ben Bredesen, guard, acquired him uh, August 2021. He's been a one of the better offensive linemen that we've had. I won't say he's been good or great. What do you think about Ben? Um... You know, I feel like he hmm, – this is interesting because we do need that, that you know, consistency with the offensive line. But also, like, it's very obvious that, like, what we have right now is not 
the best and it's not working to its greatest potential. I don't know. I think I'm going to say no um, because we're going to be working on this offensive line. Hopefully I would assume so. Um, But I'm interested to see, hear what you're going to say. So with Ben, I think he's been starting over a healthy Mark Lewinsky, which is telling, but his numbers have not been as nearly as good as Glowinski's were after week one. So I'm just a little concerned with him as far as where will he get a home on the offensive line? Are they going to draft guards and try to upgrade? But at the same time, it's tough to find good guards in the NFL too. Guards, you can get by with, you know, average Joes. I hate to say that, but it's true. I mean, Ben Bredesen and Mark Lewinsky are not guys that you're ever going to prepare on the scouting report for. You're just not. So I do think there's a strong possibility Ben Bredesen comes back, but I would say on a two-year deal, um, maybe 10 to 12 million and like the five to $6 million range. Again, the giants are going to have a little money to spend and we don't know what they're going to do in the draft to upgrade. I do think they're going to draft a guard, but I do think Ben will be back uh, next season. So that, that's where I'm going with that one. I buy that Ben, Ben, ben Bredesen will be back. Okay. Comment here. He's a Wolverine. Of course you bring him back. Steve, I rooted for you guys this weekend. I rooted for you guys. And that doesn't happen often. Was he in your parlay? Or were the Wolverines um, in your parlay? Yes. I had Michigan minus four. Um, mm. They did it. There you go. They did it. Um, I'm not a Michigan fan at all. But, um, Steve, just, just going to tell you I'm not a Ryan Day fan. So – I would be thankful for that. Darnay Holmes, I'm selling this. He he he's he's gone. Yeah, it's a quick now. Gone. Um, unless you have anything else, Sam, that you want to add on him, I, I I'm not even going to entertain it. For Jihad Ward. Uh, or for oh, Darnay. Darnay, yeah. Yeah, no, I I no, Darnay Holmes was wasn't it going to be an immediate no for me. Jihad. Yeah, this one's a little bit trickier. You know, we re-signed him back in March. Um, we were just talking about how he showed up, but, you know, it's also we're going into week 13 and you're just now kind of showing up, like right as we're getting to our bye week. I don't know. No, here's why. I would say yes because of Aziz's health. But he's just too inconsistent. The game is starting to pass him by. You know, he's he's pretty much 30 now. Um, I like Jahad Ward, but as far as him being a a guy on this team into next season, I'm not really entertaining it. I know the connection with Wank is strong. Um, if he ever – whenever he retires, I'd definitely entertain him coming on as a coach if Wank is still mm-hmm. around, but selling right. Jahad Ward. Steve agrees. <sighs> Tough one here, Sam. A lot of oh. people have been arguing the last couple weeks they should have cut this man for Jamison Crowder. And I'll be honest with you, I think they're right. Sterling Shepard, buy or sell. <sighs> it's like old Yeller. It's like you love him. 
He's a veteran presence. He's been around for a while. He's done a lot for this team. We have no room for him. We have no room for him. He does he has not been doing anything. I, I have not heard Sterling Shepard's name this entire year. I'm unfortunately thinking he's not going to be back next year. He does have one touchdown, I will say, but that came in garbage time. Uh, he's retiring, not yeah. coming back. He he won't go to another team. Uh, Justin Pugh. I'm um, indifferent on this one. I think that it depends on their state of the line um, as time gets closer. Um, you know, if they really need him, I can see them keeping him. But if they're really doing like a full hard reset on this offensive line, apart from Andrew Thomas, you know, it was, it's a fun story to have him back this past year, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think Pew's coming back. He's not bad, but it's going to be similar to like the Landon Collins deal from last season right like we brought him in because we needed him right now Mm -hmm. but like when next year comes around i'm not sure we're going to be utilizing him i'm also selling the next guy matt matt parrot he's done for me yeah Yeah. i used to i used to be anything it it sucks like i i had faith in him to a degree but he's done yeah he's not even playing i used to be man i I feel like it was like maybe last year or the year before. Remember, I was like all in on Matt Hurt for some reason. Like I was just like, yeah, this is the guy. He's like right, right guard or right tackle. But I think it was before we had Evan Neal. So um, yeah, but I agree. I don't, I don't see it happening. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but that that is funny. Sell, 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 sell. sell. Next up is Isaiah Simmons. We traded for him. He's on the final year of his rookie deal. Cardinals declined his fifth-year option. I'm buying him. Yes! Yes, 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 yes. Bye, 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 bye. I think Isaiah Simmons' potential is not even close to what it could be right now, and we're seeing so much goodness out of him. You have to consider him, and this is going to sound really bad, Sam. You have to consider him as a, as a rookie right now, even though he's in his fourth year. It's a right. new scheme for him. Arizona ruined him. Arizona ruined him. Um, he's such a good fit here. I don't know if he's going to ever be an elite NFL player. I think that can certainly be doubted at this time, but he deserves to be on an NFL roster. I I hope he's on our team next year. He won't break you the bank. I mean, real realistically, like I think he'll get no more than like three to 4 million. So I think Simmons will be will be back on a one year prove it deal. Yeah. Steve is also buying on Isaiah Simmons. One more. <sighs> Joe Shane signed him this offseason. It was literally the first signing we made uh, after Rakim Nunez, Roches, Harris, Campbell. I want to say no. Sorry, yeah. Harris. Thought 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 we were gonna get a lot more out of you, bud. But no nope. one year deal, injury plate guy can't make plays. Oh, such a disappointment, too. Such a disappointment. Yeah. Um. But hey, to be fair, you can't really say it was a bad move by Shane because it was a one year deal. 
It's not like he signed him to like a two or a three year deal for like 20 million. It's true. All right. Lastly, folks. So with the Giants season, I, I guess you can say coming to a close soon. This is a much later bye week than we had last season. It's crazy to think, Sam, there's just five games left. Mm-hmm. Giants are four and eight. Realistically, to make the playoffs, you have to win out. You have to win all five games and hope for some help. Um, Giants are just two back right now. I don't see us beating the Eagles. Um, if we do, maybe week 18. What is your final record prediction for this team and why? Um, so I think we were going to have a similar record prediction. I ended up going 7-10 and 10 because I – think that the Eagles will sit their starters week 18. I think we'll get that win. Um, I think coming off the bye, MetLife Stadium, Monday Night Football, I think Tommy DeVito brings the heat and we win that game. I know the Packers have been on the incline, but I don't know. I just have that feeling. And then um, the other one's the Saints, right? Um, I think that we. I think that that's a winnable game. I think it could go either way. I think a lot of these games could go either way, um, but I'm trying to be on the more optimistic, you know, rolling with the momentum side right now with this late, you know, late buy in the year. Um, but I'm not looking forward to Christmas Day. And I've never said that before in my life. Um, I am so in on Christmas, but man, why are they making the Giants play the Eagles on Christmas? I don't know. I do like that prediction. Seven and eleven, um, or seven and ten. Seven eleven. Oh no, seven ten. Yeah. So you'd have wins over the Packers, Saints, and the Week eighteen game, or the Rams game. No, the the last the, the, the week eighteen. I have six and eleven. Um, realistically. Coming off the bye, I think we fall flat. I think we lose on Monday Night Football. Um, I th- uh, who knows? Uh, unless Green- unless Green Bay plays very poorly this week, I don't know how the Giants can get it done. But I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I don't think we beat the Eagles in either game. I think we beat the Saints, and I think we beat the Rams. So that is my prediction. Six. You think we beat and- the Rams. I do. Wow. Okay. I think it could go either way. I think it could. Yeah. I was we expecting that we're going to play this. We're going to beat the Saints as opposed to the Rams. We just really struggle against the Eagles. So, I, for some reason, I just have a bad feeling um, that the Giants can take advantage of an aging Stafford, pressure him, win a defensive fought battle game. Cooper Cup hasn't been the same this season. Um. And let's see, you know, Jordan Love's been very inconsistent as well this year. Yeah. So maybe there is room for a seventh win. I hope Sam wins this one, and I don't, um, for the sake of record. But, folks, appreciate you all tuning in tonight. I know this was our bye week show. Sam, this felt long, but it was only an hour. I know, yeah. It went live at 830. I know. There you go, an hour later. Look at that. All right, so 
Appreciate you all tuning in, folks. Remember to check out the links in the, in the description for Sarah's content, first-time guest. Um, we really appreciate her. She was great in the short time we had her. Um, remember to follow us on our social media if you're new or if you're tuning in for the first time. Big Blue Avenue, we're on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll have the interview up with Sarah. On behalf of Sam Cardona, I'm Tom Scavetta, wishing you all so long. Uh, happy almost December. And without further ado, let's go Big Blue.